Hey, I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode is supported by FreeAgent, the online accounting software that makes self-assessment and VAT easy. They've been making tax digital for years. To claim your one-month free trial, visit freeagent.com slash beingfreelance. But right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for musician Carrie Pavola. I would go out every single night in London. I would go to every jam session, every gig, every bar where musicians would be or perform or hang. And I would just talk to people and be curious of fellow musicians that lived in London and had been there longer than me. I've done many of these seminars around my gig schedule. So I would be playing somewhere and then in the morning I would go to a music school and speak. So all of a sudden my daily rate doubled. You need to go and meet people, shake hands and honestly take an interest in other humans and and what kind of art they are doing. If you're just online, it's never personal enough. So there is Carrie, a freelance musician from Finland, looking forward to hearing his story, adding it to the, I don't know, it's over 160 episodes now at beingfreelance.com, wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoy this, please do think about leaving a review. On top of the podcast, where I chat to people about their freelance story, you can watch my freelance story unfurling because I capture it each week in a vlog. That's at beingfreelance.com or on YouTube. We have articles at the website as well. Really chuffed and excited with the way that the community is unfurling as well. If you want to be part of the Being Freelance community, it's a really nice place to be. You can find a link to it at beingfreelance.com. Right now, though, let's crack on and say hello to freelance musician from Finland, Carrie Pavla. Hey, Carrie. Hello. Nice to be here. I wanted to say your name better, though. Can you just pronounce it how I should have said it? Well, I guess in Finland, we would say Kari Pavla which is uh, rolling the R and all that. But in London, where I did most of my career, I was Carrie and I was Carrie and all, all kinds of things. So I don't really don't care. <laughs> yeah, so what, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? Well, I think in, in the art-based world, whether you do music or stage or acting or painting or whatever, we are all forced to be freelance because there is no other way, really. All our jobs are short term from one day to whatever maybe if you go into the west end theater world as a musician or a singer or dancer you might have a longer stretch of work but i think everyone in the art industries will be freelance by default so there's no choice (laughs) so how does it differ for you then like for example do you get to set your rates in in your work of course, you can set your rates wherever you want, but when you're starting out, if you set them high, no one will ever take a chance on you. So I think in music, and I don't know about acting, but I would think in, in other other sort of artistic underwears that you do and want to make money from, I think you need to start purely from the passion and worry about the rates and the finances as you sort of gradually go on the ladder to, to, to better jobs and stuff. But I think if I meet a 19, 20-year-old musician and, and the first thing they ask, like, well, what does he pay? I will be a little bit wary of that person. But if I meet someone who's 30 or 40 and has lots of years in, in the industry and they ask, hey, what does he pay? Then that's okay. <laughs> so how, how did you get started? I'm from a musical family. I'm a fourth-generation musician. So that kind of came through through just living in an artistic environment, I guess, musical environment growing up. 
and and the, the choice of instrument, the drums was always that was always the number one thing. I was three years old when I said I'll be a drummer. So, <laughs> so I started just through through the normal way that everyone starts with music. You build your bands when you're young and and get really into it. And I started lessons very early on, and I was happy to have very good teachers early on, and and then. There, there's a high school in my hometown, Helsinki, that's kind of music high school, high school, kind of like mini version of, of the one in New York, whatever it's called, where everyone goes to, but sort of an artistic high school. So I went there, got more serious, played lots of bands, started to do gigs, started to make a little bit of money around 17, 18 years old through drumming. And then it sort of went from there, really. And what does it look like for you? Like, is it a life on the road? It, it can be anything. It all depends on, on, on kind of which way you, as a musician, which way you wanna, uh, what, what do you wanna focus on? I, I say this. I, I do this uh, seminar in European music colleges called "How to Make Your Passion into a Profession," and we kind of talk about the the, the other other subject matters and other skill sets apart from your playing or your art. What what you need to develop and think of when you go into this career, and I think. You have to sort of think about your personality and your artistic personality and, and kind of like, this sounds a bit corny, but you need to know your brand and then you start navigating the the, the, the music industry or the music world, uh, kind of trying to be true to what you want to do. So you don't have to be on the road. You can do other things. You can do education. You can be in the theater world, especially if you live in London. I have lots of friends who almost exclusively they're just in the West End, so they're never on the road. Also, if you live in a big city, New York, London, Paris, LA, you probably have enough work. Uh, if you're good at what you do, you have enough work in town, so you don't need to tour. For me, it's been changing depending. I've lived in many countries, and currently my main main base is in Helsinki, even though I go to London a lot. But my ma- main base is in Helsinki, and here my musical life and my freelancer life is completely different to what it used to be in London because the industry here is different. So when you you were starting out, how do you go about getting those first, well, actually the whole gigs seems like the most appropriate word all of a sudden. But yeah, normally I would say like, how do you find your first freelance clients and how does it work for, for someone like yourself? Well, if we jump, because this might be the most useful to your listener, if, if we jump to when I was 21, I I first, when I was 19, I moved to LA to study music and drumming for a couple of years. And then I moved to London when I was 21 years old. So those experiences there might be the most helpful for your listener, I think, mm-hmm. versus the stuff that I did in Finland when I was 18 or 19. Because I think all of us, if, if there are people who listen to this and who are sort of in the creative industries, most people in the creative industries, they do want or think or at least dream of moving to a big city to, to do their work, whether it's acting or photography or drumming or whatever it is. So I think that might be the most helpful exper- experience to share. Okay. So how did you get, go about finding work? So what I did in London is... Um, Three months before, this was pre-internet, 1998, three months before moving, I would buy all the sort of industry magazines that would have all, sort of, all kinds of adverts. And I would I would call countless of adverts and say, I'm coming to town. You know, if you're looking for a drummer, as your advert says, let's meet up, let me audition for you and all this. And all these jobs, I have to stress, they're all unpaid. 
because no paid work in music industry or in arts industries is advertised on on the internet or or um, magazines. That 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 comes through another another kind of way. But anyway, so I did all that and lined up myself with with some auditions, and most of them were really bad amateur bands. But one of them was very good young artist who was developed by um, Giles Martin, who's Sir George Martin's son. So he took liking of this lady and she auditioned me for her band and I got in and we started making music together for free. But that was my first connection to the sort of a, the band scene of London. And I did that for, for a while. And then on the other side of the coin, I would go out every single night in London. I would go to every jam session, every gig, every bar where musicians would be or perform or hang. And I would clearly just just talk to people and be curious of, of, of the fellow musicians that lived in London and had been there longer than me. And I tried to, um, what we call, sit in. So I would go to certain type of gigs that went um, super serious. They were more like bar gigs that Soho would have back in those days or Camden. And I would say, hey, man, can, can, I, can I sit in? Can I play your tune? And, and most people, especially in London, are really open to that. And they're like, yeah, sure sit in play your tune and then i would play a song and 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 hopefully people would like what i did and then the conversation would start from there and then slowly through that i would get my first quote-unquote clients so someone would call me and ask me to play somewhere wow so it's still really about making those connections about pushing yourself forward it's i think it's it's everything about personal connection you need to connect on a personal level with with whoever who you know your future client if we use this word again and i say this in my seminar that i do around europe i say this to these young music and art hopefuls i say like you you need to get in there you need to get into the into the game physically speaking you need to go and meet people shake hands and honestly take an interest in other humans and, and what kind of art they are doing if you're just online or or somewhere it's just it, it's it's never personal enough so i think i think that's the key to get yourself into more opportunities as a freelance person especially in the in the art-based freelance world world is that you just you really gotta be a people person and be happy to to go out and meet people yeah, and and so actually, it's less like you're selling in quotation marks yourself. You're just you're just getting to know people, and they're helping you out by say, recommending you. Yeah, if they like your content, which is in my case, it's it's the music. Someone else's case, it might be photography or whatever people do. Of course, they have to like your content. But then, when we are in art, what's good art versus bad art? It's, it's very much a matter of opinion. Of course, in music, you need to know certain skill sets that you need to deliver for your clients so that you're doing a good job. But then if you have two professional musicians playing the same instrument, which one is the better one? Neither, right? It's just a matter of opinion. What, what the client or the artist or whoever you're working for, whatever they hear in their head. <laughs> and I guess also, though, like being professional, turning up on time and doing the thing. It is so important. That's another thing I always speak in my my seminar that I do. I talk about these things constantly, like how to communicate, how to network, how to handle yourself. You you have to be you have to be super organized and on time and you know straight to the point and not let people wait for you or whatever because there's always someone else who will have this skill set 
together and have the content together as well. So if you have the content together and you're flaky, someone else who has the content together, even not as well as you, but is not flaky, he will get or she will get the job. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, what Paul Jarvis said on on here a few weeks back. With like, I I may not be the best designer, but I can I can control that I'm nice and I do the work when I say I will for the amount I'm going to do it for, and so on. Exactly, exactly. It's it's so important, and and also you have to be also appreciative because there are so many people out there, and anyone can call anyone. So if someone's calling me to do something or inquiring about something, I need to respect that person and answer to their questions quickly, and and also be thankful for the call, even if I'm not interested, even if maybe the 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 job is wrong for me or the money's not right. But like be be gracious. That goes a long way, I think. You talked about turning a passion into a profession. So what else is it that makes that your business? What what I've found out, I've done this for over 20 years, so I've seen lots of people different times. What I've found out that these are no exact numbers but but that's sort of a prodigal level of 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 musician who's just beyond anyone else they are very rare Let, let's say it might be like one percent or two percent and those people will be drawn into the the korea almost accidentally because they are just so good but then the rest of us the sort of normal <laughs> normal skill set people i think the ones who will make it into profession are the ones who will develop the other skills than your instrumental playing or your art, who will develop the other skills and understand that getting these other skills together to the same high level as your content or your playing or whatever it is, if you get the other skills together, then you have a very good chance of, of, of making your passion into profession. And and I, I've sort of, I've narrowed it into seven key things that I teach in my, my seminars that there's, there are seven things that one needs to consider, and four of them are skill sets, and three of them are more like, what would you call, soft things, like mindset kind of things. And if those seven things are together with your music, then you have a good chance, I think. So the seven things, so skill set, what, what, what were they? Well, I, I would say that, that there are four things that you have to be good at. You need to be good at communication and networking. And you need to be good at knowing who you are. So you need to develop your brand in a way that, that it, it's as strong as possible and also as original as possible. And then you need to be really good with money. That's what I always say to everyone. You will probably, as an artist, work in a low-income environment. So you need to be expert in money so that you make your money last, basically. And then the fourth thing that you need to think of is how can you develop passive income intellectual property that might create money for you or royalties or have some kind of ownership and those four things will really help you to monetize your art and then the soft things what i always talk about i I always talk about that you need to set goals and you need to dream huge and big and be willing to take calculated risks that would then support that dream and then maybe the last thing would be that you need to be very good at planning and and the problem is that all these things are not really in the artistic mind (laughs) the artistic mind doesn't really support these skills and that's where we we kind of uh clash as an artist or musician or actor or whatever no i like that when you say to develop a brand how does that look like for you well, for me, again, there's been many many stages in my career. Like in London, I was 
what I call now old school, but I was very much a freelance drummer. I would play the drums and people would call me to play the drums. And that was it. And then slowly at, at the last years of London life, I, I got into musical directing a little bit. I would put bands together for a couple artists and, and then that would in, involve more than just the drumming. But 90% of the time I just drummed. I tried to drum well and, and get called. And of course I got to be known in certain styles more than other styles. But in Finland, my, my brand is has changed completely. Like now I, I bring UK talent to to tour with me or organize their tours and bands within Finland, Scandinavia, Baltics. And uh, also now in the spring, I'm taking an American soul blues artist around Europe where I'm doing the same thing. I'm putting a band together for her. She's flying here from LA and I will have a band for her ready to go. Hopefully the type of band that she will appreciate. We've had conversations, so I've, I've picked musicians who I think will be good for her. And then she has agents selling her tour in Europe. But then I've also taken part of that responsibility in Finland. And I've sold a few gigs for her as well. So here it's a whole different thing than it used to be in London. And you mentioned goals as well. So you're quite a goal-orientated person. Well, I'm trying to be now. Let's say the past five, ten years, I've tried to develop these kind of skills. I, I, I do have long-term goals in terms of what I want to achieve in in my musical life and my professional life, and I am working towards them. I, I'm, I'm trying not to just randomly go through my days and, and pick work whenever it comes. I try to have more of a pl- plan, and, and, and currently, or the past few years, the plan has been to divert myself from drumming to also musical directing and also being able to help an artist to navigate their career in a more European-wide way. Because what I've noticed that America or, or England or Britain, there's lots of artists who have interest in Europe, but they're not big enough and they're not commanding high enough fees to do full-scale tours with their local bands. Like, for example, an artist from LA, if they fly in with their whole band, they're already looking at a cost of five, six, seven thousand. But what about if they fly in alone? They're looking at a cost of a thousand, and then they will have a band here, and they can do concerts in Europe. So these basically these artists that I'm targeting and working for are sort of a small to middle range, you know, club size artists. But I think that's that's the place where I can offer value to them and offer help. Interesting. So are you reaching out to them online? Again, I don't really believe in the online thing, at least not yet. But you're, you're, not, je- re- you're not jetting out to, to LA <laughs> to, to schmooze, Unfortunately, are you? <laughs> no. No, I wish I would. I haven't been there since 2004. I, I used to be in a group called The Wedding Present in England, and they were like an indie rock group, and we toured a lot in America, loads. But we haven't, oh, I haven't been there since 2004. So no, I'm not going there as of yet. But basically just... I'm focusing mainly on the on on UK artists who who basically are my old friends from the UK scene, and I've been bringing them over and trying to help them out in the Nordics. Uh, there's a group called the Filthy Six on Acid Jazz Records, and we are just doing a a tour of Finland starting in two weeks, which which will bring the core group, the composer and the leader, will bring the core group from the UK, and then I have three. Finnish guys waiting here, or me plus two, and then we'll we'll do some concerts in Finland. 
and there's other UK artists like that I've I've been I've been working with in in that capacity and now I'm I'm doing this thing with this American lady and hopefully it, it really is a recommendations game so you just need to somehow find the first opportunity and do it really well and hope that that will lead to the next one you mentioned passive income as well you know like creating things which will will bring keep bringing you revenue have have you done that yourself not really hugely because i don't i don't write so i don't have streams of passive income i guess the only thing is that we never let go from our london flat so at least we have that there generating (laughs) hopefully something but currently it's you know it's just there and it's chipping away the mortgage but at least we we took this risk that we 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 bought a small place and kept that and did some sacrifices to have it because we bought it on the height of the market or whatever. But maybe maybe there's the tiniest little pension pot waiting for for us one day. But as 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 a as a creative person, you should think of these things. Whether whether it is being able to buy your home or whether it is to create products that will create passive income or whether it is to writing music for somewhere or any anything like this but that would be quite in, important i think for anyone working in the low low because music and arts for the most part is, is a low paying job so you've obviously got into teaching as in not teaching somebody how to play the drums but a more high level thing because you've mentioned your seminar yeah that happened again a lot of things happen accidentally first and then you do something and you get good feedback and then you start developing that like oh actually this is an important thing and and actually i'm pretty good at explaining it and so forth basically i i we we relocated to finland with my family five years ago and and the local music university here asked me to just come and talk just completely casually come and talk to our students how it is to make an international career and maybe maintain it because i've still somehow have fairly international life in, in music. And so I went to do this this talk with them and it was very well received. And I realized that this is something that lots of music schools, unfortunately, still don't do enough. They they teach people to play the piano or, the, or play the guitar or do composition or whatever, but then they don't teach how can you, when you graduate from this institute, how do you support yourself? How do you pay your bills from your art? So I developed this program that in mind and i've now gone to 15 or 20 schools so far and and people being very very happy with 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 the way i explain these things and how i how i go about teaching about it that's nice does that also help your business or is it purely because you're a decent guy <laughs> helping others out it's it's both I, I i've seen so many music careers fail not because of the ability of that person but because the ability, the other other soft skills aren't just not there, and and it's really sad when you know that someone is exceptional, exceptional player or artist or whatever they are, and they they are just going nowhere and and they can barely make ends meet. So I thought it, it's a passion for me if I can bring this other kind of thinking to someone's head and hopefully help them. And in terms of my business, of course, there's a fee that I ask when I go and teach somewhere. You know, obviously I will. I will also make money so it will it, it has become an extra stream of income and also when you tour in Europe you can do this I've done many of these seminars 
around my gig schedule. So I would be playing somewhere and then in the morning I would go to music school and speak. So all of a sudden my daily rate doubles because I make the money playing in the night and then I spend a couple hours in the school teaching. I guess also you're putting yourself in front of the next generation of musicians and building those connections. Possibly. I, I think I think you really, again, you need to build the connections within the cities that you live in or or work in the most. Like I'm, I'm mainly in Helsinki and then I'm in London a lot and, and a little bit Stockholm. So you can't really expect to just go somewhere, anywhere in Europe, Amsterdam, and, and then randomly make a connection. It's possible, of course, but I do think it takes longer and it takes more more than just a random meeting but it's possible i guess but i haven't thought about it this way yeah maybe i should <laughs> now i always do this thing where i ask for three facts about yourself to make two true one a lie and let me figure out the lie what have you got for me carrie so i was um when enrique iglesias came out with his first single million years ago well maybe 20 years ago i was part of the top of the pops band for him and people who don't know, you don't actually play there. You, you, you're miming, so the, the artist is singing, but you're you're basically playing to a pre-recorded track. But for the drums, it's quite important that you hear the track because it will look really bad on TV if you're hitting the drums to a different sync than the music. Uh, so I'm doing this with Enrique Inglés. We're on top of the pops. His single is number one, and we are quote-unquote playing. And we start, and all my monitors around my drum set there's no sound. Zero. So there I am, first time, I'm very young, in Top of the Pops with this big star, and I'm thinking, oh my God, this will be really, really terrible. But I got through it, and I, it was fine. Uh, I was able to theatrically uh, look like I was playing, but, th- but that was pretty funny. Uh, then an- another thing happened with this um, Giles Martin guy, with this lady when I had just moved to London. We were in Air Studios, one of the best studios in London. And Sir George Martin was still alive at that point. And, and he came he came and uh, on the hallway and we met. And so Hans started talking about drumming and he was saying like, oh, oh, you're drummers. You need to come and listen to these mixes I'm doing of some old Ringo Starr drumming and Beatles stuff. So that was a funny story. Wow. And then there's a third funny, funny story. I was with a European band playing to a huge audience, maybe three, four, five thousand people. And the band wasn't very happy with, with my drumming. And I'm playing, people are going crazy, and the guitarist on my left is screaming at me, screaming at me, too fast, too fast, that I was playing in the wrong tempo, in his opinion. And I'm thinking, okay. And then I look on my right, and the trumpet player is screaming at me with his head red, like, too slow, too slow. So there I am, thousands of people in front of me, one guy saying this, the other guy saying that. That's, that's that's three funny stories from my career. One of them not being true. Oh, I I don't know. Okay, to to have met George Sir George Martin would be incredibly cool. Okay, I'm going to say number three. I'm I'm going to say I don't. Yeah, number three. You weren't being screamed at by a trumpeter and a guitarist. Okay, that that thing happened for real, <sighs> and, and that was quite a learning lesson. I, I was with this group for four to six months and it was pretty much like that most of the time. And and definitely I was I was the wrong guy for the gig and then they got someone else who was better suited for that kind of music. But it was pretty funny because it tells you about the the perception of art and music in general. That this one guy is going crazy because I'm too fast and then his friend in the <laughs> band is going crazy because I'm too slow. So what was the lie? The lie was George Martin. I, oh! I did... I, 
I did I did briefly meet him. The, that was the real thing. I did meet him briefly at the studios because he was owned by him, which was an honor to just meet a gentleman like that. But of course, he didn't talk to me about his mixes and and the music oh. he was making. <laughs> now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? I guess I guess I'm telling my younger self, as in the students. I'm telling these things all the time. So I guess I would tell that you, I would ask myself to, to be more plan oriented, be more organized and have clear goals in mind. Maybe every six months or 12 month goals that I would then track on whether I'm getting closer or, or achieving those goals. Because I do think that even though I was very hungry in London and I did a lot of things and, and, and luckily made a living out of drumming, the first few years were very random. I was hanging out, I was doing this, I was doing, I didn't have a real plan. And I think I would have benefited immensely for being a bit more plan oriented. I've started to be more plan oriented. I'm 42 years old now. So maybe the past five to 10 years, I've thought this way. Yeah. And maybe some of that is to do with having a family. You mentioned family. Have you, how's your work-life balance? Uh, work-life balance is, is, is really good, actually. That's why we moved to Finland, because it's a great place to raise, raise kids. Um, so so it's, 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 it's very good. I'm, I'm either available to my daughters a lot or not at all. So there is no real middle ground, because often when I'm working, I am away. Most, most of my work is out of Helsinki. But yeah, work-life balance is very good, you know? I, I, I really... Yeah, it, it's 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 good in a small European city to raise a family. I'm sure many people who've done that would agree with me. Carrie, thank you so much. It's been really nice to chat to you. You can find out what Carrie is up to. Beingfreelance.com, as ever, has links through to all of our guests so that you can go and see more of their work or connect with them and reach out to them. Also, while you're there, check out the other episodes, the articles, the vlogs, the other videos, and be part of the community as well. So come find us online. Follow the link through from beingfreelance.com. I will see you in uh, the group. That would be nice to see you there. And of course, if if you can share this with somebody else tell them about the being freelance podcast and what we're doing and uh, help them being better at freelance as well uh, but for now carrie thank you so much lovely to talk to you and all the best being freelance yeah thank you so much for having me in your show I, I think what you're doing is is really really important because i think we need peer support and i think what you're offering and, and the content you're creating is, is fantastic i found you just by accident and started listening and i've, I've learned many things from from freelancers who are not in music but in in other other areas that you've uh, interviewed I, I think it's wonderful what you're doing and hopefully there is one or two nuggets of information or ideas in in what we just had a conversation about to other freelancers but yeah i'm, I'm really happy if someone wants to get in touch you know that would be great talk you know say hi <laughs> lovely to chat to you thank you so much thanks so much steve all the best 